0: Hey, everybody. So glad to be joined with you again. We are back with the FBC Young Adults Podcast. I'm John Lemons, the minister to young adults here at First Baptist Church in Huntsville, Alabama. And I'm joined like I am every week by Sam Maxwell, our ministry resident to young adults. Today we are joined by our minister to kids and families, Kristen Prasad. So, Kristen, welcome. It's so good to have you with us. Now, Last week we talked about Sam coming off of a week in which he preached and I'm gonna spill the beans here. You've got a week coming up very soon where you are gonna be preaching to us, Kristen. So how how are you feeling about that as as the days get closer?
1: Uh, so this is my first time preaching. Nice. Um, so there's a little bit of, you know, nervousness, definitely. Yep. Um uh, and I don't know how Travis does this every week. I don't know how <laughs> pastors anywhere do this every week. Serious. Um, I
0: yeah. But keep going.
1: Yeah, it's it's exciting to, to be uh you know, listening for for what God's putting on my heart to talk about. And it's a huge responsibility. Like when you get up there and speak truth to people, it's a big deal.
0: Yeah, you definitely feel the weight of it. And I remember the first time that I spoke at First Baptist. I don't know if uh, Travis has given you the speech yet, but he gave me this speech about how it carried tremendous weight. And there was a long line of great preachers (laughs) and well-respected preachers at First Baptist Huntsville and all this stuff. And I was like, all right, well, thanks, man. No pressure.
2: Yeah, for real. Like, I was feeling pretty good. And then you told me that story. And I was like, oh, you're right. It is a pretty big pulpit. I should be nervous. Yeah.
0: So, Kristen, though, like, your dad was a pastor, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I remember thinking at the time, I don't know how he does this every week. You (laughs) know, if I get too freaked out, I'll just go sit on the stairs and, you know, do like I do most weeks. (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm. Excellent. (laughs) So, you're kicking us off in Advent, the the month of Advent, leading up to Christmas time. Do you kind of know at this point where you're going or? Still kind of feeling it out, that sort of thing.
1: With the sermon? um, Yeah. So I have a, a lot of related thoughts.
0: Mm. Yes.
1: That are kind of banging around in my head. So mm-hmm. yeah. I, I need to put pencil to paper more. you <laughs> that's, know, that's kind of, I tend to think through writing things out or typing things out and that's how my ideas kind of coalesce. So yeah. I got to do that.
0: Yeah, I feel that too. And in fact, I will go ahead and say the three of us have it harder than Travis does. Uh, now, I will say, like, it's difficult to do it from week to week. I, I understand that. But when you have a one-off sermon, like the three of us get every every now and then, mm-hmm. the hardest thing about that is you've got to put everything into this 25-minute span or 20-minute span. And you don't have the next week if you want to follow up on something or carry over a thought from week to week. So mm-hmm. I, I actually think our job is harder than, than his job when it comes to that. Let's go well, with that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll <laughs> say. I don't think he's listening either. So <laughs> we'll, we'll keep it there. So... Mm-hmm. Well, we're looking forward to it. We're so excited to to hear you uh, lead us in worship on that day and and, uh, excited to hear you lead us today as well in, in the discussion that we're having. So we are on week three now of Holy Ghost Stories, which is our look throughout this month of October at Encounters with the Holy Spirit. We heard an introduction two episodes ago of how we are approaching this topic. And last week, Sam and I shared our stories of some of the unusual experiences or events that we have had in our lives. And today, like I said before, we're going to hear from Kristen and hear some of her stories. We've also taken a cursory glance on the encounters that people have had with God or the Spirit of God, as it is described in Scripture. And hopefully we've given you some insight into how to think about that and compare it to your own life. And we've dealt a little bit with what to do when there are no such encounters, when you feel like you are in a desert, or when you wonder why God is so silent, or if He cares, or if He's even there at all. We've talked about the process of building altars or finding some way to memorialize your encounters. And we see this littered throughout Scripture, the idea of building altars or or naming places or holding festivals for the purpose of remembering what God has done in our lives and the lives of those who have come before us and passing on those stories to the generations that come after us. Now, as we get talking with Kristen, I I don't know what she's going to say, but we'll compare notes and see how much of that that she agrees with or, or it lines up with her stories. And we'll have a conversation about that as well. But before we dive much further into today i want to give a brief overview of where sam and i have gone and how we frame this discussion in the last couple of weeks so first of all we are approaching this from the concept of unusual encounters so you should feel something when you read scripture you should feel something when you sing and you pray everyone gets a sense or a stirring at various times like those everyone has experiences with what we would maybe call common graces which are things that we may attribute to god or that we may pray about But they're frequently common graces or more sort of routine outcomes that are due to things like modern medicine or the science of the body or just the way things go nowadays. So, for instance, you might be having a surgery. It could be a routine surgery and you're going to make it through regardless of whether you pray about it or not. You coming through that is not the result of God directly intervening, but it's a result of what we call common grace. So you live in a time and a place where you have ready access to this. And God has built us as human beings to make discoveries that allow us to help each other through surgeries, or medicine, or knowledge, or whatever it is. So those are common graces, and those are not the types of encounters that we're talking about with this. We are talking about uh, unforgettable experiences. Those are forget- forgettable experiences. You won't remember the details two weeks after they happen, but the types of experiences that we are talking about are things that you would tell your kids about, or things that you can't explain, or things that you remember where you were and when it was. Uh, in week one, I shared a video in the, notes, uh, the show notes of Denzel Washington talking about an encounter that he had and he had narrowed it down to a specific year my experiences that I shared last week were narrowed down to specific windows of time in my life so these are monumental unforgettable experiences in your life that's what we're talking about so on that note there are a few characteristics that I found in my thinking about and in my exploring this topic the four characteristics that I've found are one it's personal it's something that's happened to you so this can be a dramatic transcendent experience or too it can be an experience that you don't notice as it is happening but when you get to the other side of it you look back and you see a chain of events that you cannot explain other than a force outside of your control and i would go on to argue i haven't said this in other episodes but i would argue that this is sort of a universally recognized experience by by people across cultures because you will find people talking about this and maybe calling it fate or maybe calling it karma or they might call it god So I would say it's a universal experience, meaning that people everywhere across time and across culture experience this. It doesn't matter where you live or when you live, people universally experience this. So this podcast, this series of episodes is an attempt to help the listeners see how we have measured those types of experiences against the experiences experiences of others as they are shared in scripture. And here's how we will see the similarities and the common experiences that all people everywhere have had with the experiences that people in the Bible have had. So that's kind of all under characteristic one. It's, it's personal, it's something that's happened to you. The second one in my study of this is that you tend to have a yearning to define it. It stands out, like I said earlier, as a defining moment or an unusual moment in your life. You, you wonder what to do with it. It might change the course of your life, that sort of thing. The third characteristic is you may begin to doubt it. You may begin to have, uh, or, or sense that your memories of it begin to fade over time and you may sense a need to memorialize it somehow because it leads to characteristic number four. It does not happen often in your life. You're not, we're not talking about things that happen weekly or even annually. This, these are things that might happen a handful of times in your life. So those are the four characteristics that I have kind of seen and shared as we've talked about this the last few weeks. As I've said before, those are not, it's not the definitive list of Holy, Holy Ghost encounters and it's not an exhaustive list of Holy Ghost encounters. So. All of that said, Kristen, off the top, before we get too much further, I'd love to know how those characteristics resonate with you and your stories. Would you agree with that list? Would you add a characteristic to it or take a char- characteristic away? anything like that?
1: Yeah, so that's a great question it's It's interesting that you talked about common graces today. I've listened to the other two podcasts and and they're great. I've really enjoyed hearing your stories and but one of the things that has stood out to me is the fact that you know as believers when we When we accept Christ, when we decide to follow him, we all get the Holy Spirit, right? Right. And so I've been trying to figure out, because I'm a kids minister, so I need object lessons (laughs) to explain things. I've been trying to to figure out a way to think about the difference between those encounters that that we've been talking about, that you've been talking about the last two podcasts, and the everyday. And so here's what I've come up with. (laughs) And you can agree, disagree. I don't think it, I I haven't found any place that it disagrees with what's in scripture, but, um, but, uh, anyway, so, so here's what I think. I feel like there are, so every human being has our own spirit, right? Right. We have our, in in the Bible, and I've learned this listening to, um, the Bible Project podcast, which I think you said you were going to link in the show notes, Yeah. and there's some really great stuff there, but the same word is used actually in scripture in the Old and New Testament, one Greek, one Hebrew, that, um, to describe our human spirit so like our our will and our life force as is used for the holy spirit god's mm-hmm. spirit and then there is so there are those two sort of um not competing forces once we become christians right because paul tells us that we should be in step with the spirit so hopefully those two are are working together but then there's also the competing force of our flesh right our sinful nature mm. so I think that if you think of each one of those as sort of a dial that you can turn, mm. like when I sit down and I want to study scripture, I have to, um, I have to go into it willing to uh, subvert to, no, that's the wrong word, but willing to uh, set aside my, like what I want to read in scripture and what I want to hear from it. Uh, I can't go in looking for God to rationalize something that mm. I, you know, that I want. Um, right. So I have to turn down those dials on myself and my own will in order to hear the Holy Spirit, right? right? So I think that in our everyday, like what you say, those common graces, those are just like this tweaking. And so we have this this experience with the Holy Spirit kind of in and out. And I became a Christian so early in life that I feel like I, it's hard for me to think of life apart from the Holy Spirit. Like I can't really remember what it was like not to have that be a part of my life. But when we're talking about these big moments i think sometimes god turns up the volume really high on the spirit and so we get these like shouted at us when we need them or sometimes like last week you told a great story that you referred to as kind of the the dark night of the soul right? right right so sometimes i feel like there is a period of of waiting uh or when god is trying to get our attention in a different sort of way so if you think of like a teacher in a classroom You can have a teacher who goes into a loud classroom and yells over everyone, right? Right. And it just kind of creates chaos all around. But I think sometimes God is like that teacher who just speaks in a calm, steady, even tone until everybody gets really quiet and they're sitting on the edge of their seat. So I wonder if there aren't times when God is like, I need you to just get really, really quiet so that I can whisper something into your soul. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and and you you bring up a good thought too in terms of the difference between having an encounter or an experience that's sort of this transcendent or something that's beyond me versus the idea of being full of the Spirit, because we are we are supposed to have the indwelling of the Spirit, and and that's a good discussion that I hadn't thought about as far as I mean you could go any number of directions when you're talking about the Spirit and the presence of the Spirit and the person of the Spirit and the Trinity. And that's one one way you could go with it. And I do think there is that. I I think, um, you know, getting back to the idea of common graces, like there is the sense when when you when you have a stirring in your soul, when you have a kind of a soft, you know, whispering sort of, or or maybe like a a sense of something leading you somewhere. I I do think that's an indication of being full of the spirit or filled with the spirit. I don't think it's necessarily this enormous outpouring. You know, I think our, our our Pentecostal friends would say being full of the spirit is you know, this sort of outburst of tongues and, and uncontrollable uh, emotions or, or whatever. And, and I would say that that can be a sign of, of an encounter with the Spirit. But I wouldn't say that's necessarily what Paul's getting at. Or any of the apostles are getting at when they're talking about being full of the Spirit. And I would say, too, you know, I've heard before when talking about salvation experiences or, or, or the process of discipleship or what we call sanctification, which is the process of becoming more and more like Jesus in our, in our life, The idea uh, sometimes, let's say like you're worried, um, you know, am I, am I really saved? Did I really mean it when I, when I prayed the prayer of salvation or when I committed my life to Christ? And I've heard people say before, the fact that you're worried about it is a sign that you are, because if you weren't, you probably wouldn't be worried about it, right? So I think things like that are a sign of the indwelling nature of the spirit, where we have these senses or we have these thoughts that probably wouldn't come to mind if we weren't believers mm-hmm. and so i think there's that sort of sense of we have the holy spirit with us leading guiding and and that sort of thing versus this other thing that we're talking about where it's these sort of like you said where the god cranks the volume up you mm-hmm. know so um that's a great point to to lay out before mm-hmm. we get too much further into this discussion so
2: And I really appreciate kind of your, the way you talked about having dials, right? I I think sometimes just held over from Hellenistic philosophy, we like to think like we are either physical beings or spiritual, or we can somehow separate the two. And at least in your little metaphor, it's not that you can separate the two, but it's a, hey, I recognize that as a physical being, my first and foremost is into this physical realm. And I have to kind of reduce that a little bit more to pay a little bit more attention to what God might be doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, well, let's get into, uh, Kristen. Your stories where where God has cranked the dial. So so share with us.
1: Okay, so um, I'll just a little caveat here, or a little introduction. Uh. Uh, some of my stories are gonna seem silly. Um, and hey, I know you hear football my football. <laughs> yes. <Yes>. I was <laughs> gonna <laughs> say, John scored a touchdown. Yeah, no, I mean, John so. scored ah. a touchdown. That yes. was great. You know, <laughs> and I like at the moment, I wouldn't necessarily like you've been saying have called them Holy Ghost stories, but when you said, "Hey, can you recollect times when?" when this has been a big deal these are the things that that kind of came to mind so um the first one i want to share happened when i was in high school my family uh we didn't have a lot of money when i was growing up um, and we but but my parents always talked like i was going to go to college but we didn't have a college savings account for me and um i don't know if they were idealistic or <laughs> or what the deal was but they just encouraged me you know apply where you want to go and it'll come together so um i really loved the University of Virginia when I went to visit. Um, And look, there's a dead giveaway behind me if you can read what's on the wall, how the story ends. (laughs) Uh, If you're watching, you can see my diplomas on the wall. Um, But so I wanted to apply early decision because I had a much better chance being from Massachusetts of getting in from out of state. So I did that. But the problem was when you apply early decision, if you get in, you're you're committed, like you got to go. And your financial aid letter, by the way, does not come at the same time as that acceptance letter. So I got in, which was great. I was really excited, but I, you know, we didn't really know how we were going to afford it. Um, so then sort of separately, I was in church one Sunday, and um, I hadn't really been very intentional about tithing when I was growing up. You know, my parents were, they taught us about it. It was something I sat next to my mom in church, and I always saw her, you know, write the check and put it in the offering plate. Um, but I hadn't been at that point very intentional. And I remember it getting to be time for the offertory that day and, um, for the plates to be passed around. And I looked in my wallet and I had $27 in there. And that was like, at the time that was all the money I had. I mean, my jobs were babysitting and doing the church bulletin for my dad on Saturday afternoon. So I just really felt like God was asking me to just put it all in the plate. $27 is not a lot of money. Like it wasn't going to make or break the church budget that year. Um, but I just really felt like God was saying, "Let it go, just open it up, put put all your money in the plate." So I did, um, and the next day I got a piece of mail uh, that was my financial aid package, and between scholarships and grants and, you know, not even very huge loans, they covered my entire first year of college,
0: hmm. and.
1: I sometimes hesitate to tell that story because uh you know, if you heard Travis's sermon yesterday, you don't give with the expectation that you're gonna get something in return like that's right. the wrong thing to do, mm-hmm. and I certainly like while I was sitting in that pew watching the offering plate go around, I wasn't thinking about my financial aid package I mean my twenty seven dollars wasn't gonna buy two books as I learned <laughs> <laughs> not very long after that but i I do think when I look back on that, it just reminds me that. God is asking for us to have everything that we possess with open hands because he's going to take care of the things that need taking care of. And so, you know, I felt him asking me to, to give that up. And then it was very clear the next day that he was saying, I got you covered. You know, I'm going to mm-hmm. take care of this. I wanted you to get in. I wanted you to go to school there. So I'm going to make sure that it happens. And so, you know, that's uh, that's my God providing my daily bread, and the pun was intended.
2: And so, I think what's remarkable for me Especially as we talk about these like four different pieces about our Holy Spirit stories, is that yeah. you remember it was twenty seven dollars. Yeah, you, know, you weren't like, oh, it was twenty bucks. Like you know, it's kind of been burned in your memory. Is like mm-hmm. this was a pivotal moment. God was doing something in my life.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And if that financial aid letter hadn't come the next day, I don't think I would have connected the two or remembered that amount. But mm-hmm. it was significant.
0: And you and I have talked offline about this sort of thing before too, because I'm sure that you have you have done this since then, like that you've done something to this effect since then and, and not gotten a letter in the mail the next day. Right. I've had other times where I've prayed, God, just, you know, let me do this in a similar vein to what I shared last week where I was like, God, I just want to score one such time before the end of the year. And and it doesn't happen. Right? Uh and so the fact that there's a case where it does happen, that's kind of what makes it an unusual experience. An unusual story and a story that's worth telling is because I have done this before and it hasn't resulted in, you know, what I what I wanted before and, and, and here was a time or what I asked before or whatever, but here's a time where it did. And, and there were, like I said last week, for me, there was just a series of things, a chain of events that, that worked out that that were not things that I had any control over, but that needed to happen. And so uh, it, it's interesting to me that, that you, t- I didn't know that's the story you're going to tell, but we've had this conversation offline where mm-hmm. when you have these encounters, like that is what makes them. Worth telling is because you have these details that you remember, and you have these things that happen that don't normally happen. Yeah. And so that's story one. That's senior story year. one. That's story. Senior, one. Okay. Senior year. Yeah. Senior
1: year. Yeah. Okay. It was. It was the fall of my senior year. Excellent. Yeah. A awesome. uh, long time ago. Hey, I just want to throw in there. This is a total aside, but okay. I feel like we should tell people since we're talking about University of Virginia that not all holy ghost encounters happen to people who've spent significant time in Virginia. That we, that's right. Oh yeah, yeah, That,
0: that is a uh, seriously <laughs> just an interesting <laughs> little tidbit.
1: I mean, you got Travis yeah. next week. Yeah, that's we met so when true. we both lived in Virginia. So uh,
0: there's something. There might be something yeah. to that. Yeah,
1: I mean, in Alabama, we get to have the Holy Ghost weenie roast, and I've never heard of that anywhere else. So. <laughs> nice.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. Maybe Very well. During. Great. Great. Yeah. Not during great COVID, board.
1: but yeah. Anyway, just yeah. a little aside. Okay. Excellent. So my next story uh, happened. Mm, gosh, it was probably like six or eight years ago. And I don't remember the exact date, but I remember the, the location and everything else about it. So um, at my last church uh, called Gayton Baptist Church in Richmond, Virginia, we would every summer take a uh, family mission trip. So we had people from – we had kids who were very small, up to 70-something-year-olds. It was a great experience. And um, a number of summers we went to Roanoke, Virginia, which is where, by the way, our friend Rob Covington is now. Yes. Uh, we and we would partner with a number of local agencies there. So we partnered with the Downtown Rescue Mission and some local churches, the Baptist Friendship House, uh the Baptist Community Center, and my job, I know you'll be shocked, was running a vacation Bible school uh in one of the the local churches for kids in the community. But I hadn't really spent a lot of time at any of the other partner locations. So um I had been put in charge of an activity for one of the afternoons um And I decided to do something that I had read about, but I had never actually tried myself. Um, It's from a great book. Uh, Just a little shout out here. If you're a parent, called Spiritual Parenting by Michelle Anthony. Really, really great book. But she talked about this idea, and I was really nervous about trying it, but I decided I was going to do it anyway. So totally out of my comfort zone. So the idea of this activity is that every family group gets a bucket of supplies, like cleaning supplies and uh, trash bags and yard tools, things like that. And then in our family groups, we would read the passage from Isaiah that, where Isaiah says, send me, you know, after God has, mm-hmm. has commissioned him. And uh, so then we were to pray and, you know, tell God we had an openness to being sent wherever to do whatever. And we had a couple hours to do this activity, and then we were going to come back from dinner and everybody get together and kind of debrief. But I don't know about you, but I like a plan way more than this activity. And so not only did I have to do it myself, because you gotta practice what you preach, but I also was like feeling this pressure that everybody else had this significant Holy Ghost experience at the same time too. It's almost like a contrived Holy Ghost experience. <laughs> um so my sister and I, my sister was on the trip with her kids. So we had five of our kids together and the two of us and we, we did all the stuff and we we prayed and we said, you know, God, we're open to this. So show us where you want us to go. And then we started driving. And um So we got to a farmer's market. We're like, I don't know. Let's get out and walk around. And we talked to a few people. And I mean, there was nothing. It was a dud. Um, So we got back in the car, drove around a little bit more. And I didn't have my GPS on. I don't know my way around Roanoke very well. Um, We got to a church that was having vacation Bible school the next week. And um, we went inside and said, hey, you know, we're just offering our help. If there's anything you need to prepare still. And I don't know any other church that can say this like the Wednesday before, but they were totally ready. Uh, for vacation bible school they didn't need our help
0: nice
1: so you know after there's like time on the road in here the clock is ticking and we're feeling like you know this is just really not panning out the way that it's supposed to and the kids are trying to be encouraging they're like well what about what about and eh, it was really difficult um and we were pretty frustrated but (laughs) we got into this little neighborhood it was kind of run down we round a corner and there is a a building And in the front yard of the building, there was this marquee, you know, like the kind with the plastic letters on it. Yes. There's a marquee that says, welcome, Gaten Baptist Church on it. (laughs) So we all like everybody in the car were like, what on earth? And we just bust out laughing because we thought, you know, I mean, I guess this is it because that's us. (laughs) And here we are. So there's there's a very reasonable explanation to why (laughs) to why this was. Um. We were at the Baptist Community Center, which is where part of our team had spent the week. And they were running lines for internet and some other stuff. They were building playground equipment out in the yard of this Baptist Community Center. And they'd been doing all these special projects. But we went out. We're like, I mean, it says, welcome. So we we got out and we went to the director. Her name is Pat. And we said, hey, this is crazy. I know our team's been here all week, but is there anything that we can do? Well, our team running the lines had left like plaster dust everywhere. And then she also had this normal stuff, like her food pantry and her clothing closet, all this stuff that great people come in and do special projects, but she was just overwhelmed with all the day-to-day stuff. So we spent a couple hours with Clorox wipes and organizing the food pantry and the clothes closet. And then at the end of our time together, the kids and my sister and myself, we stood around Pat and we laid hands on her and prayed for her ministry. And that was, I mean, it was the coolest experience. And, you know, it wasn't that I didn't question somewhere along the way that God was going to answer this. But I just think it's so funny that God has a sense of humor that he, like, literally put up a sign in a yard so that we would know know that we'd gotten to the place where he wanted us.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. That's my second story.
2: And back to your dial thing, you know, I think you could have gone up and been like, oh, no, we've been here all week. That's why the sign is up. But, right, you would kind of suppress that, like, physical to say, like, no, we're going to focus on what God might be doing and still took a risk even though, you know, your mental faculties were like, no, 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 this is silly. Right. Um, But just taking that opportunity and then God turned the volume up and was like, lay hands on this woman, like, pray for her. Like, yeah. there's a lot of really cool stuff going on here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So, and I hope that... You know, you talk about memorializing things and sharing the stories. It was really cool to get back together that evening with people. And, you know, people didn't necessarily have earth shattering stories, but there were little things that when we told them together, um, just seeing how God had worked through each one of our experiences was great. And part of what was fantastic about that family mission trip is that we were like we were living out Deuteronomy 6. We were telling our children, you know, as we walked Mm -hmm. down the road we were showing them these experiences and i hope that you know my son and my four nieces and nephews who are with us remember that too that when you make yourself available to god um yeah. he might just put up a sign in your path that says hey come on over here and help
0: yeah yeah it's mm-hmm. so. awesome
1: well, yeah. what's your, what's your next one okay so this one is a little bit more um uh uh, uh a little less tangible, a little more uh, supernatural encounter, I guess. So, um, and it's a little bit more, it's a little bit painful uh, in in some ways. But the fall of 2016 uh, was the start of what was a pretty painful situation for me. Um, The church that I was in was going through a bunch of changes. Um, I had been on staff there for 17 years, and I was a member before that. And Raj and I, that's my husband, we had raised our kids there. We had significant friendships there. Um, and it was really our home. So um, I had struggled for about a year and a half with how to handle the changes that were going on. And um, I wasn't the only one aware of the struggles that were that our church was going through. And so uh, the other folks who knew I'd organized some groups to pray together about the future of our church and the direction we were taking, um, I read books. Uh, I talked to godly people. Uh, to be fair, as I realized later on when I prayed, I— um, had an outcome in mind, you know, like this is, here, God, can you please get us to this solution that this is <laughs> this is how this is all going to be solved? Can you make it happen quickly? Yeah. Um, and I wondered really a lot how God could allow what had been a really vibrant community of faith to be as torn apart as it really was at that time. And, um, you know, John, I think you've been very real in saying that ministers go through some of these questions. Like if any of us says that we never woke up on a morning and said, is any of this real? We'd be lying. Mm-hmm. you know. Right. That's right. just true. Or where is God in this situation? And how can he possibly be intending for things to go this way? And why does he not step in and change directions? And that's where I really was at that time, yeah. just really questioning and, and feeling um, pretty selfish in the whole thing too. I felt like it was my church home and that it was being taken away from me. Um, But in the early months of 2018, so it was like, you know, a year and a half into this season, I started feeling like it was time to leave and that um, what God really wanted was not to make the changes that I thought were necessary to the situation, uh, but that he wanted to remove me from the situation. Uh, again, thought that was unfair. But um, I heard I heard him say to me. And this is not the big moment yet. This was a smaller moment. But I felt like he said to me, this is not your church. This is my church. Hmm. And that was really uh, humbling on the one hand. Uh, I was, was that like I... in a
0: personal like prayer time kind of thing or was that in a place and time?
1: Yes, could... it was in a personal prayer time. Um, I wish I could say that I am really good at journaling all the time. But I tend to be better at journaling when I am going through a hard time
0: yeah yeah um Mm -hmm.
1: and i really feel like i need to it helps me uh it helps me focus on my prayers sometimes if i just write out what's happening the the cool side effect of that is that you can look back afterwards and be like oh wow that is amazing that i was in that place and to see how god has has come through um so i felt like he was on the one hand like i said i was the executive pastor at that time so i felt like there is a great burden of responsibility on my shoulders. So uh, on the one hand, he was saying, (laughs) you know, quit trying to fix this. This is mine. It's not yours. But I also felt like he was saying, you don't have to fix this. Like this does not have to be your responsibility because this is my church and I'll take care of it. And um, so it was freeing in that sense too. Um, But it was also very scary because any career coach will tell you that it is easier to get a job while you have one. So yes. I was facing the prospect of just saying it's time for me to be done here without knowing what was next. Um, mm-hmm. And that can be intimidating. Sam, I think maybe you've had some <laughs> similar, similar experiences. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so in early May, I actually went to a a conference with my team, and it felt really weird because I already knew I was leaving. I was pretty sure. Um so it felt crazy to go to a conference about, you know, how to do church when I wouldn't be able to apply it, but we, you know, we bought the tickets, we made the plans. I needed to still leave well and encourage them to continue in ministry. So, so I went with them and, um, it was in Atlanta in this big coliseum with like 8,000 other kids and student ministers. Um, and if you've never experienced that, it's, it's something, it's a whole lot of, happy people sometimes (laughs) and if if life is kind of hard it's it's, it can Mm. be a hard place to be because uh, children's ministers when they're together feel like they got to be really perky Um, (laughs) uh, so we were we were in a worship time and uh you've also mentioned that um the that music worship music especially can be um can kind of mess with your emotions can be Mm. manipulative and i think manipulative has a negative connotation but it doesn't have to be negative like there is a there's a reason that the music is designed to take us to a different place. Yeah. And um, so when you're like in a, you know, in a concert, when it's deafening, there's 8,000 people singing and people on the stage. And there is a song they were singing that was pretty new to me at the time called So Will I. I don't know if you're familiar with that, Mm -hmm. but it's, Mm -hmm. I think it's a a Hillsong United um, Mm -hmm. song. And um, I was, I was sobbing in the stands next to my teammates and I don't, know that they noticed because everybody was kind of in their own in their own little bubble but um i i felt like god wrapped his arms around me and i feel like he whispered in my ear right then i've got you you're mine and i've Mm. got you and that he just said that over and over and over again Mm. and i thought okay this is crazy i've heard people talk about experiences like this but i've never had one where i could almost feel a physical presence and um and I really did in that moment. And I think I actually looked at the lyrics when I was preparing to tell my story. And um, it says, as you speak, a hundred million galaxies are born. And I thought, the God who spoke a million galaxies into being spoke to me. And that was pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. So, it, And I don't think it gets any better than that. Mm-hmm. And so like things weren't easy from from there on out. There were still struggles. Um, but I just felt that reassurance that that God was walking by my side through mm-hmm. through every part of it. So that was pretty awesome.
0: That is awesome. Yeah, that that's interesting. Um, it oh, kind of John, it's more than interesting. <laughs> that's that's no, a cool well, no, story. what story. What I find interesting is it it mirrors. You know, I, I said last week, like, hey, let's go out to lunch or coffee. I'll tell you about how I came here because there's there's a lot of similarity between that. Now, I didn't have the like voice or or the the physical presence, but I, I had, I was kind of in a similar place and and I had, you know, I'd been at the church I was at for 11 years and and I was just kind of in a place where professionally and spiritually I'd kind of grown all I was going to grow and I had given all I was going to give and, you know, we had some, some turmoil as as well. And um, it was just a difficult time and wrestling with that was really hard and wrestling with, you know, what do I, what do, I do with this? Um, where do I go? That sort of thing. And I um, had kind of come to terms with, and, and, and this is, it's interesting you mentioned journaling, because I think I've mentioned before that sometimes you can, as time goes by, you can forget, or, or the, the memory of the experience can kind of fade. But I think, too, your your memory of how you felt when you were going through the dark times can fade as well. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to know to be able to go back and oh yeah like that i was feeling this love i had questions about this or that and i just remember being in a place and wondering if if like i was spent as a minister um and just saying i remember i don't i couldn't give you the details i just know that i prayed at one point god if you want me to stay in ministry like you've got to come up with something by labor day this was like in the (laughs) spring you know and that never works, by the way. Never works. <laughs>
1: not since Gideon, right? I'm always jealous mm. of Gideon and his fleece. Yeah. I want answers yeah. like that.
0: Yeah. I mean, seriously, like it, uh, you know, and it was kind of, I, it wasn't something that, like I fervently prayed. It was just kind of offhand. But I do remember distinctly praying it. Just kind of like, I, I'm just, it was like, a, I'm at the end of my rope. This is in your hands. You got to do something. Um, and just frustrated, to be honest. And it wasn't long after that. I went not right away. It was a month or two. I got an email from travis and this i didn't know who he was didn't know anything about first Baptist Huntsville. my my tie to travis was through a mutual friend who i i got to know in 2005 and had sort of been a mentor to me through, through that whole time he gave travis my name travis reached out and honestly i didn't take it seriously at first because i just thought I don't know if a first Baptist church is going to be into some of my ideas, you know, and, and uh I didn't, like I said, I didn't know anything about Huntsville, didn't know anything about the church, didn't know anything about Travis, but um it was because of my tie to my f- mutual friend with Travis. Well, he's, he's a good guy. Like, and I trust him. So he's not going to, you know, give my name to to something that's not, that couldn't possibly be something that, that would be a good fit. And so I, I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Let's, let's have a conversation but i really was not expecting anything to come of it and it, you know it, there's a much longer story to that but short story is as the summer went on i realized like I, I really began to fall in love with the place and the staff and the people i was getting to know on the search team and, and really what sold it for me was they were i get travis had just come and, and there was a publication on the website that that was his i think his fresh expression booklet it was like a little thin one and i read that And so much of it resonated with me where I was like, yeah, like, this is, this is kind of what, these are similar to the ideas I have about ministry and what ministry should be and this, that, and the other. And and that's when I was like, this might be a really good fit for me after all. And so everything happened in in short, long story short, my first day was the day after Labor Day. Um, So (laughs) like they, the church confirmed me and everything like two weeks before. And and so Judd was like, you know, how about the day after Labor Day? Sure. So now, like you're talking about memorializing things, Labor Day every year for me is is one of those times where I revisit this experience in my mind. And like I said, it's nothing that was like transcendent, but definitely a series of events that happened. And there are other details, like I said, that that I haven't gone into that just everything sort of pointed to this. And uh, at least for me, it's been it's been great. I don't know if the church would say the same, but um, I think so. (laughs) But no, for me, it's just been it's you know, it's been a tremendous confirmation uh, that the Lord has been at work and that the Lord did hear the cries of my heart, you know? Now, say all that to say, and I think he would say this too, you've gone through times, I'm sure, other than that experience where you've had times of silence or where you've had times Mm -hmm. um, where prayers weren't answered. So if I can, I didn't tell you I was going to do this, but let me throw that out at you. Like, what do you do with times like that? Or if, if there's somebody at home listening right now who's saying, well, I've prayed about this over and over and over and and it's not happening. What do you do do with that when when you're in that silence, when you're in that period of dark and it doesn't look like there's a light at the end of the tunnel? What would you say to someone in that time?
1: Yeah, I guess a couple of things. One is, um, gosh, Scripture is full of times like this. Like you think about um, Abraham being promised a son, right? Abraham and Sarah and the the waiting and waiting that happened to the point where they take matters into their own hands and figure that okay, well, <laughs> yeah. I guess he gave us this this promise, but we got to make it happen, right? So, right, and that's a mess. Um, yes, and the the Israelites wandering for the desert for forty years and and the or the wilderness and and the four hundred years of you know that we have no record between the Old Testament and the New Testament of. You know, there, there are no prophets, there are no voices speaking to God's people.
0: Yeah. So
1: so one, you're not the first one and you're not alone. Okay, so, so right. know that. Um, I think another thing is to look back on your own personal experiences and call to mind the times when God has been faithful, because I firmly believe the reason I trust God to be faithful in the future is because he has proven himself trustworthy in the past.
0: Yeah. And
1: so that is how I know that this is going to work out. Maybe not that. I mean, probably not the way I planned. One of my um, one of my favorite You guys know Rich Mullins was a Christian yep. singer. He wrote the mm-hmm. song Awesome God. That's probably what he's best known for. Yeah, died quite a long time ago. But there's a line from a song that I had on my wall in college. It says um, what I'd have settled for. You've blown so far away. What you've brought me to. I thought I could not reach. Um, so that along with a a very similar passage from Ephesians that I love that's hanging on my wall at home and at the end of all my emails, this is why now to him who can do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. And so if you look back at all those times in your life, when you thought you knew the best way, or you thought things were going one way and God just surprised you in ways beyond, you know, I mean like my $27 turned into tens of thousands of dollars, um, It blows your mind. So look back on those things and remember God's faithfulness. Mm -hmm. And that will get you through to the point when you see where this road is leading you. And I I mean, that's why God sets up these festivals for his his people, the the Passover feasts and why we celebrate the Lord's Supper is so that we have a regular occasion to say, Jesus gave his life for me, right? Mm -hmm. And now God's asking me to wait and maybe in silence. And I don't know the reason. But I just have to do it. And, and the last thing I would say is that um, sometimes you just got to fake it till you make it. You know, you got to like <laughs> yeah. put no, in the work no. like I, you don't hear God's voice talking to you, but you got to keep opening the Bible. You got to keep yeah. turning down your dials so that when the Holy Spirit <laughs> is is there, like that you're quiet enough that you can hear it. You have to keep praying, even though you don't feel like you hear a response. You got to keep yeah. showing up at church and engaging in community with faithful people. And that is because then you will, when you have that moment, you'll recognize it for what it is because you are still engaged. And I don't think, I mean, God always has a purpose and the things that he um, that that He allows us to experience, he always does something with it. Um, I'm just blown away by it all the time. So that would be my advice.
0: Yeah, no, and I think that's all good. And I think that speaks to what we've been saying too, like mm-hmm. have these sort of memorial occasions where. Yes, when you're in the darkness, you can look back and you can remember God has, has led me through something before or led me places before that I didn't even think I wanted to go. You know, and I think there are a lot of times, there are a lot of cases, uh, and Travis has spoken about this a couple of times. Um, thank God for the prayers he didn't answer. There's a country song. I can't. Remember, that's not exactly what it says, but it's something to that effect of, you know, there, there, there are a lot of times where I thought I knew what I needed or what I wanted and I didn't get it and it turned out better that I didn't. Uh, Mm. Now, that can be hard to hear like when Mm -hmm. you're going through the dark, Uh, but I do think remembering at least the times where there has been some sort of deliverance or some sort of, you know, you've had some sort of impactful moment with the Spirit of God in your past can be helpful to get through those times. And, And I think, like you said, too, you're not the only one. It can feel like you are, and it can feel like it's different than what you see in Scripture, but even the Apostle Paul Struggles at times with some of the experiences that he's having. There's one point he says in his letters where he's like, "I'm ready to depart, but if it's mm-hmm. better for you uh, that you know that I that I stay and help mentor you or disciple you or whatever, then he's willing to stay." But he doesn't. He life is miserable for him at that at that point in time. And there's a lot of times where he doesn't get what he wants. Jesus himself prays in the garden that if this moment could pass, if there be any other way, and there's not. But what there is is resurrection. For Jesus, and, and He gets through that, uh, for us, and He gets through that uh, with us, and we have that promise of resurrection too. And um, I think that's something to take take hope in as well, even though it is, it's hard to think about, it's hard to keep in mind. But but it is, but it is there, and it is the promise of the future that we have of God. It is life the way that it is supposed to be. Um, but it's hard when you're when you're not going through that, or when you're going through sort of hell on earth uh in some cases. So uh so you talked a little bit about Isaiah 6, uh the calling of Isaiah and that one particular story, but is there anything any scripture that comes to mind for you that um like I shared last week I said, you know, this story of Cleopas and his friend, that were on the road to Emmaus, you know, and there's this this line where they say did not our hearts stir within us and how that just sort of leapt off the page at me and and that became sort of how I rooted my stories with the, you know, rest of scripture and, and honestly for me that was the gateway to see how most encounters in the Bible with the Spirit of God or the presence of God or whatever you want to call it are like our experiences where they don't happen that often, but when they do happen, they're worth they're worth telling. So that kind of became the 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 one the gateway for me to anchor my story into a story in scripture. Is there a story in scripture for you where it leaps out at you or just when you think about your stories it it resonates with you in a particular way?
1: Um, yeah. So the, the first thing that comes to mind is actually, um, so when I, I did finally leave that, that church, I, uh, went to a small startup church for a period of time. Um, they met in a school. Um, there were about like 40 of us in the room and it was just a a good place to go and heal. Uh, the pastor is a friend of mine. He was a great preacher. Um, and I remember uh, one Sunday early on, he actually, he preached about, about Peter and it struck me in such a different way than it ever had. Um, Peter, Peter's always been one of my favorites in the Bible because I feel like, um, gosh, I can just relate to him. I do stupid stuff, <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah. the poor guy, I mean, Jesus calls him Satan at one point, Yes, like, <laughs> yeah. you know? I mean, I, I yeah. just feel like there are times when I, I can be in front of people and say something I'm like, oh, how did I, how did those things come out of my mouth? It's so dumb. Um, yeah. and yet God still some for some reason continues to use me, and He, I mean, He did the same with Peter, right? And it's not that I had a, a moment or a time of of denying Christ, but there are times when you know I was saying I was very willful with what I wanted the outcome to be. Um, but Nelson, the pastor of this church, he preached about what happens after the resurrection when they're out eating eating breakfast, and Jesus comes to Peter, and Peter, the last time we've seen him, Peter was sitting by a fire denying jesus right he's sitting by a fire again and mm. jesus comes and sits down and eats with him and reassures mm. him three times and so that story and like just the the rich symbolism I, I love the symbolism of the bible i love these little things that i feel like god just throws in there as extras for us to go yeah i really do have a plan here It will make sense um that he went back and redeemed sitting by a fire for Peter that he reinstated him and said, I have a plan for you. You know, I knew you were going to do that. You're going to fail me. You're going to fail me again, but it is okay. And I want you to get up and I want you to keep moving and I want you to keep ministering. Um, that's really important because I've chosen you and I'm going to walk with you and, and give you, you know, the spirit, right. To help you do that. And, And then Peter, um, he goes on to do great things and share his story and that's another thing I think it's important to share our stories with other believers to encourage them but it's also important to share these stories, which sometimes seem crazy um, with with people who don't yet know Jesus because um, I can show them the Bible and they can be like, I don't know those people you right. can't I'm not a first-hand witness to those things they can deny those. They can't deny my experience, right? Exactly. Like, yes. this is me and God, and what I'm telling you is very real to me. Right. Um, so when I share those with them, the way Peter shared, you know, I walked with Jesus, and I had this experience with him. Um, it's just, that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, and that's that's a great segue into talking about this a little bit more, because we've had that discussion before in young adult ministry in the past, is, you know, how do you how do you share your faith with people? And I think we all get hung up, because... If you went into church in the 90s, like, like I did, you had all these programs or, you know, Alpha Course or whatever, and, and not knocking those, a lot of them are really good. Alpha Course is really good, in fact. But I think people get caught up in, in knowing formulas or knowing some sort of structure to sharing, which is, it can be helpful. But at the end of the day, like, yeah, someone can can see through that or, or knock a hole in it or whatever. But if you're just telling your story, if you're just saying, here's why I believe this. Here's why I center my life because I've had this experience and I can root it to this experience that I see in scripture that is told over time. And and, and I can see how others in, in scripture have had this similar experience. Then it just becomes your story. And you know, someone can share with you their story of why they, why they don't believe there's no pressure on you to make them a believer. That's up to God. And that's up to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. But you are a part of that process. And you saying, if you, if you can lend some credibility to the words on the page, to someone by by sharing your story by saying hey let me tell you about what happened to me and, yeah I'm not I don't think I'm crazy right like I think I think we can hopefully if the people that we're friends with can can assume that about us but you know the the more we can get comfortable in just doing that and talking about the experiences we have and and how those help us stay rooted into our faith I think the better off we'd be and the more I think uh, we would see people take us actually more seriously than than they do now as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, my thought there.
2: (laughs) And taking a step back, Kristen, is something you said, and we haven't necessarily explicitly said it, but this whole series is Holy Ghost stories, right? So even though like we are participants in them, like they are God's stories of where God broke and did something in our lives. And it's, you know, my stories are not my stories. They're still God's stories and they're still meant to be used for people, you know, for witnessing or, you know, people who might be going through a dark time, right? Or if I'm going through a dark time, like maybe I need to hear ways that God has acted powerfully in someone else's life To be like, oh, yeah, that reminds me of those times that God did something powerful in my life. And just as, you know, as you listened to last week, as John would say something, I was like, oh, yeah, I have a story just like that. And when you were talking about being in a big um, stadium in Atlanta and having this big, powerful moment, I was like, oh, yeah, that reminds me of that time where I was like, God, if I can just like if I could just touch or if I could be the vehicle to touch one person's life and like in the middle of one of the songs someone that i thought was like never ever going to come to god like put their hand up at the moment of like i'm ready to accept jesus and i like sprinted across laps to get down there and put hands on him you know like we have all of these shared stories because we all share experiences with this one common god and we need to share them in community we need to share them with one another john you mentioned a couple weeks ago one of the reasons you wanted to do this is because you wanted your daughters to hear like what your stories were and you wanted them to be perpetuated and that's what we see in the bible and when they put tomes up in rocks by water, because they said, these are important. These are things that you're going to see. These are our stories. These are the
0: stories of our experiences
2: with God. And I think that's, it's amazing. It, I mean, it's just, it's amazing.
0: Yeah. And I am encouraged hearing, Kristen, your stories. I'm encouraged hearing the similarity between yours and mine. And I think that's another thing too, that uh, as as we, as we wrap this up, I want to leave a thought, and I touched on this earlier in the first episode, but sharing stories with one another, because this happens so infrequently in our lives individually. I think that's why God uh, has has built us to be in community with one another, to go to church together, to to grow together in discipleship and Bible study, is so that we can be that encouragement to one another, so that we can tell each other our stories and be encouraged. You know, if I feel like, and, you know, I'm going through a hard time, and I don't sense God there, maybe it encourages me to hear your story, Chris, and I talked earlier uh, about Paul. You know, Paul seems to center his testimony on that ex- th- that experience he had with, with Jesus on um, the road to Damascus and uh, seeing Jesus there. And we see Paul, as you read on in Acts, he just goes back to that story over and over, even though Paul had a few other sort of outlandish things happen. Jailbreaks. Like,
1: yeah, seriously. <laughs> but
0: that's, but this is the story that he centers on and it seems like even when he goes through dark times he 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 shares stories of other people when he needs you know the encouragement to carry him through some of the dark times and and the other story that I'll go back to is John the Baptist who was given the role by God to prepare the way for Jesus right and Jesus goes on to say there's there's none born among women greater than John the Baptist so we're talking about someone highly regarded in in the kingdom and in the uh, the economy and in the uh, the the Lifestyle of the kingdom, like this is John the Baptist. There's, there's not much higher than you can get than the role that he's been given. And John the Baptist finds himself in prison, and he sends messengers to Jesus to ask, "Are you the one that we've been waiting for? Are you the Messiah?" And Jesus says back to those, uh, those disciples. He said the disciples of John. He says, "Tell John what you have seen, that the lame walk, that the blind see." And I think he says something else, and he's quoting the Old Testament. And there's one phrase that that he leaves out in this quote. And the phrase that he leaves out is that the prisoners will go free. And so when he gives this report to the disciples to go back to John's disciples, to go back and John and tell, he's saying two things. One, you're not going to be freed two, listen to the stories of these disciples. Like you're not going to get any more stories. And I don't know why that is. I I wish I knew. And I wish when we were all, when we all found ourselves in those dungeons, that we would get those stories. But here's John who prepared the way for Christ (laughs) who's, there's none born among women who's greater than he, and yet at the same time, Jesus says to him, you're not going to be freed, hear these other people's stories. And I don't know why that is, but I find encouragement in that because it's so similar to the, the experience that I've had. It's so similar to the times where I feel like, yeah, I've I've walked in dark before and, and I didn't see the light, but other people encouraged me through that, or I heard their stories and it encouraged me through that. And there have been times when I've gotten carried through something and I've shared that story and it's encouraged others as well. And so I say all that to say, so glad to have heard your stories and to be able to share those in this platform and to share mine and share Sam's because I think it is one of the methods that God uses for us to encourage us along and to keep us um, aware of his presence and his being at work around us, even though there may be times when we wonder why are things going a certain way why are we experiencing things that we you know, are experiencing? But but hopefully those don't discourage us too much to the point where we, where we would lose all hope. Um, so any other words before we close, Sam,
1: Kristen? I literally read that passage last night in my Bible study. That's really, kind of, maybe, that is maybe the, God's trying to tell me something. There. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Seriously, that Ho- exact Hopefully you're passage. not in the dungeon. <laughs> totally. So. Yeah, crazy.
0: Well, awesome. Today was great. Kristen, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having for, me. Thanks for being a loyal listener. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So, so we've got rate one more week star? to go. What's that? Uh, rate us five stars? Yeah, I was going to say, I need to get on
1: and like. Uh, yeah.
0: For real. we got one more week to go. and So next week we're going to hear from Travis Collins, our pastor here at First Baptist. And as we've said before, we'd love to hear your story. So send us a note through email or text or meet us for lunch, coffee, anything like that somewhere. And let's talk about what the Lord has done in your life. And as we just said a moment ago. As you're listening to us, wherever you are or whatever platform you're on, give us a like, give us a share, rate us on Apple Podcasts, like and comment on YouTube, do whatever you can do on Spotify. I haven't figured that out yet. All I know to do on Spotify is just listen, but whatever. And as always, uh, find us anytime over at www.fbchsv.org slash adults, or if you're looking for kids ministry, if you're looking for the premier kids ministry in Huntsville, Alabama, go to fbchsv.org slash kids. And we've got, I hope, uh, a ton of info on there about what we have going on in our young adult ministry and in our kids ministry, in and around Huntsville this week, this month, that sort of thing. And I know in young adults and in kids, Kristen, we just had events this past weekend we that did. went really well. And so we're working on some things for the coming weeks and November and December that you guys are going to hear about soon. So just be sure to go there or get on our mailing list or check us out on social media. And if you're in the area, we'd love for you to join us on a Sunday or any other time we have something going on with our kids' ministry or our young adults' ministry here at First Baptist Church. With all that said, we are going to put a bow on today's episode. So for myself, for Sam Maxwell, and for Kristen Prasad, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you guys next time, and until then, I hope you have a wonderful week. Y'all take care.